I'd invite everyone to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2 today. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And what I want to do for just these few minutes is present a text that has been maybe more than any other passage absolutely fundamental to not not just my Christian life, it probably would impact that too, but being in ministry, the challenges that are faced in the work of God, this, this text has been, I, I return to it all of the time in my head. It doesn't have to be in front of me. Uh, in my mind, I will rehearse this. I have it memorized by heart and I I work through it all of the time. And it's the last section of 2 Timothy 2. So I want you to remember this because you either need it today or you will need it in the future, what this text is saying. So 2 Timothy 2, verse 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, just illuminate this passage, guide our thoughts so that these minutes are profitable, both in the time of prayer and in the days of head. Grant your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've already said to you just how important these verses have been to me over probably, oh, I want to say, it was around 2015, 2016, when these, these verses really sort of grabbed hold of me. And I want you to see why I just I sketched a very simple outline to try and help me hone my thoughts for you. But if I was to give a title, it's simply God gives repentance. God gives repentance. And you can see the conjunction there in the middle of verse 25. If God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. This understanding that God gives repentance is crucial for us. Many of you are praying for loved ones. You're praying for people that oppose the will of God, that aren't converted or profess faith, but they're walking in what seems like open rebellion against scripture and your heart is grieved by it. And it can cause great distress, uh, all sorts of anxiety and concern. And there's an element of anxiety that's not bad. But there's also an element that doesn't keep this text in mind. And so that's part of the reason why I'm bringing it to you here. So first note with me, this shapes our character. This shapes our character. It all hinges on that, as Paul writes to Timothy, he's leading into the fact that God gives repentance. And so he's telling him from verse 24, the servant of the Lord must not strive. He's not to be contentious. So his character is being shaped by this. 
The fact that God gives repentance means he doesn't have to be contentious. The contentious man, you see, doesn't see himself as a servant. He sees himself as a sovereign. He sees himself as someone who has power to change things that God has not given him the power to do. And it doesn't just happen in ministry. It happens across the board. Parents do this all the time. When children get a little more mature, they start thinking for themselves. And they, they really haven't learned the entire time in their parenting that they're, they're servants of the Lord. They have been able to speak words, get a response, uh, force obedience by threat or coercion of other means. And therefore, they, they kind of get used to this pattern of obedience. Then when the child gets to a certain stage, they start kicking against it. And instead of recognizing the whole time you've been a servant, you, you don't have sovereign power. You begin to, because you thought that it was your power to do things, now you start exerting more power and acting more like a sovereign. And that's not what you are. You're, you're a servant of the Lord. The contentious man then sees himself as a sovereign, sitting on a throne, dictating to the lives of others. The servant of the Lord doesn't have to do that. He's a servant of the Lord. There's a sovereign over all. We're all servants of him or meant to be. So I don't have to be contentious. I don't have to strive. I don't have to constantly be fighting and causing arguments and endeavoring to just force a matter. But instead, I'm instructed to be gentle. Gentle unto all men, all people. I, I need to be gentle to them all. I have the right to be congenial. I'm not forced to be in this, this, this kind of characteristic of fighting and striving with them. So understanding that God gives repentance shapes our character. Secondly, it directs our work. What are we actually to be doing? We are to teach, apt to teach, the ability to teach. See, the man who's contentious doesn't have doesn't care for the ability to teach. He just cares for the outcome. Just obey me. Do what I say. But the servant realizes that's not how it's done. I have to instruct. Paul's epistles don't just kind of list out um, commands and say, do this. He, he leads doctrinally, logically, theologically in a way that helps convince the mind so that when the commands come, he, they understand the reasons why they're being asked to do what they're being asked to do. So you have to be able to teach. And we ought to pray for the gift of being able to teach and instruct and do so patiently or forbearingly. This is the way we teach. We don't teach in a way where we demand immediate response. Realize that part of teaching is an instrument of sanctification. And sanctification is a work, not an act. So if I'm a teacher and I'm instructing, I'm always realizing it takes time for these things first to be understood and then to be worked out in the life. So in any place of teaching, whether as a parent or as a pastor or some other context, I am able to teach, I'm meant to be able to teach, and I do so patiently. Because who, who hears things once and immediately is able to do everything that's being asked of us? So we're not able to do that. We meekly, therefore, instruct those that oppose themselves. We do it meekly not harshly, not demandingly. We meekly, considering ourselves, lest we also be tempted, we are to in meekness instruct those that oppose themselves. Always doing it in that kind of spirit. So that directs our work. Understanding that God gives repentance, it shapes our character. We are gentle, not contentious. It directs our work. 
we are instructing, we are teaching, guiding in a patient, meek manner. And thirdly, it guides our faith. It guides our faith. Because we're, what are we trusting in? And I look at that lost loved one, child, sibling, parent, grandparent, neighbor, friend. When I look at them, what am I trusting in? The powers of my persuasion? My ability to convince them? No. If God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And here's, here's where it hinges, and this has been so helpful for me, is, is recognizing that my, my patience, my lack of contention and fighting, my meekness and gentleness and so on, all those aspects of what we've already looked at are expressions of my faith in God. When I'm contentious, I'm not believing God does the work. I'm believing I'm doing the work. My, my faith is in myself. But when I am gentle and patient and meek, and I'm endeavoring to eradicate the contention of the circumstances, it is an expression that God has got this. It's his work. He gives repentance. I'm just a servant. He's a sovereign. He changes the heart. He changes the life. And so it allows me to rest. I, I pray, I work, I rest. I pray, I work, I rest. Who am I resting in? I'm resting in God. Not me, not my powers, not the efficacy of my labors, even my teaching and all the rest. I'm trusting ultimately God may use my instruction and my meek and gentle and patient spirit to work in the life of this individual or another to bring them to repentance, but it's his work. So I want, I, I, you need to take that to heart. If you have burdens of loved ones, spouses, children, whatever, make sure, make sure they are not seeing in you someone that has a misplaced zeal because really you've made a sovereign of yourself. And you're going to force repentance by hook or by crook. You can't do it, beloved. You can't do it. And so with broken hearts, but in true humility, we do what we can and pray sincerely, God, give repentance.